So glad you chose to join us for today's episode of Dare to Believe. You know, I was thinking about this, this talk for today, and I thought of the story that I grew up hearing all the time. It was the story of the scorpion and the frog. Now, in this story, if you haven't heard it, the scorpion and frog come to a, a pond and they need to get across to the other side. Now for the frog, that's not a problem because that's what frogs do. They can go on land, they can go in water and they can get to the other side very easily. But the problem for the scorpion is that a scorpion can move around real quick on land, but it cannot function, it cannot swim, it cannot survive in the water. And so the scorpion reaches out to the frog to, to, to make a deal. And, and here's the deal, he says, listen, can you take me across the water so I can get to the other side? Because there's no way I'll be able to do it. It's impossible. And the frog looks at the scorpion and says, what do you think I am? I'm, not, I'm no fool. He says, listen, I know that scorpions sting. That's what they do. But the scorpion said, listen, let's reason this out for a minute. If I sting you in the water, then the truth is I'm not killing you. I'm killing myself too. Because if you die, I can't survive in this water and I'll die too. And the, the frog reasoned that that made sense. And so he consented to give the scorpion uh, a ride across the pond to the other side. But as they were in the middle, in the deepest part of the pond, uh, the, the frog felt the sting and he saw that the scorpion did what scorpions do. He stung him. The frog, as he was gasping for his last breath, said to the scorpion, why did you sting me? Now you caused both of us to die. And the scorpion says, it's in my nature. You know, the reason I talk about this is because when we talk about daring to believe, we recognize that God has a promise for our lives, that God has something for each and every one of us. Last time we talked about the fact that the reason we need God is God is the one who guides our future, our path. There is nothing that is off limits because God is above it. And so God makes all things possible. But the reality of it is that when we go through the process of executing God's plan, particularly if we are not connected uh, to the means that he gives us to overcome the, 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 the temptations that are not from without, but from within, the problem is we'll find ourselves like that scorpion. We, we know the consequences of our actions. We know the consequences of our decisions. But ultimately, we will find that our nature somehow compels us to, 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 to move contrary to logic, reason, and even our own well-being. And we find ourselves doing what I call self-sabotaging. I want to share this little quote. Because in this quote, it tells us from John Mason, he says, all of the important battles we face in life will be waged within ourselves. Nothing great has ever been achieved except by those who dared believe that God was superior to every circumstance. First John 4 verse 4 says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You see, God tells us that if we are going to be successful, that there is a battle that we've got to fight. And the battle isn't from the outside. You see, when we think of the enemy of God, he can attack us from the outside. But there has to be something inside of us that is greater. Now, God has given us that greater. 
But the truth is, do we tap into it? Or do we find ourselves trying to navigate life with reason, logic, with common sense, but not having the capacity to restrain our own selves, where we become the very source, the very essence of self-sabotage in our lives, so that the vision, the plan God has for us, the, the things that God wants to do in us and through us, the doors he wants to open, sometimes God doesn't open it because we are not ready to handle it. We will be the cause of our own demise. Yes, we can blame it on everybody around us. But think of how many times we have become our own worst enemy. We recognize that what is in us can do more damage than any trial or storm or difficulty, handicap or disability. Now, we don't like to use this term often, but the Bible refers to it as sin. Sin is when we find ourselves in a state of rebellion against God. When we see God's plan, when we know God's plan, we can reason it out with God, but yet somehow, somehow something inside of us wants to do the very opposite. We know we shouldn't do it, but we find ourselves somehow compelled to do it. This is our sinful nature. Now, we don't like the idea of sin because, you know, sin means that we are condemned. But the Bible says that every single person on this planet is sinful. There is none righteous, not one. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3. But in Romans chapter 6, God reminds us that even though the wages of sin, the consequences of living and giving in to our sinful nature, our, 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 our character flaws, our character defects, will oftentimes lead us to death and destruction, to lose everything we've worked so hard to build up. God says that there is a gift, a gift of salvation, a gift of eternal life. But how do we get and receive this gift? The Bible says that there is only one way, and that way is through Jesus. That's where I want to talk about the second person of the Godhead. We talked last time about God the Father, God who orchestrates the plan for our lives, God who has a vision, God who has a roadmap to help us through every single thing that we will face. But the challenge is, even though God gives us a, a, a clear roadmap, the truth is, if we don't follow it, if we aren't inclined to stay the course, then even though we have the map, it won't do us any good. The Bible tells us that when we walk this path of sin, that the Bible says that Jesus, Jesus is the one who comes to help us. Jesus is the one who comes to, 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 to work in us against our character defense. The great apostle Paul talks about his experience battling against sin. In Romans chapter seven, and you can read this, he starts off by talking about all the accomplishments that he had made, all the good things he had done in life. You know, he felt like he was somebody important. He was doing the things that the world says will lead you to success. But the problem is that the success that the world defines, the one where it seems like you are making your way across the pond, is limited. Because eventually, something inside of you will work against you. 
Paul says that when I started to see God's law, when I started to see God's plan, his way for my life, all of a sudden I realized sin was inside me because even though I could see clearly what God wanted for my life and how good it was, the fact is something in me wanted what I wanted. I wanted it now. You know, we want to party. We want to live it up. We want to spend until we, until we have nothing left. And that's why we can find so many successful people who are broke today. I was reading an article the other day about famous athletes who are broke today, who made millions of dollars over the course of their career and today have nothing to show for it. In fact, they even talked about people who win the lottery. They said that within five years, five years, that most of the people who win the lottery are in fact in the same place they were before they won or they are worse off because now they owe the government the taxes from their winnings. And so the truth is, God knows that there is something inside of us. And Paul says, listen, I did everything I could to try to counteract it, to try to hide my faults, my defects. But the problem is the things I want to do, the things I know I should do, I find myself not doing them. And then there are things that I know is going to work against me, like, 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 like the scorpion knew it would work against him to hurt the frog. But yet, even though he knew it, in his mind, in his heart, he did what he always did. Paul describes that when he goes through that experience where his mind is warring against it between good and evil, we see it in cartoons depicted with the good angel and the bad angel. But, but the truth is, it's a war that goes on in our mind where we try to use self-discipline, self-will, but inevitably the power of sin is so infectious and so insidious that it pulls us in. It draws us after the things that we desire most. And when it's done with you, it will use you and use you up. Paul says, listen, when I've gone through those experiences, I feel like I was on a boat that crashed against a rock and broke into pieces. And now I'm left here trying to pick up the pieces trying to make things right, trying to go another step forward, but I've lost so much along the way. How can I start again? The Bible says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where hope and help comes from. Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, was sent to come to this world so that we might find life and we might have it more abundantly. The Bible records in John chapter 3, Verse 14, he says that even as the serpent in the wilderness was lifted up, even so Jesus must be lifted up, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. Because the Bible says God so loved the world. In fact, he's saying God so loved you and me that he gave his only begotten son. That what we've got to do is choose to believe in him. And it's not just a head knowledge. It's about allowing him to come into our hearts. The passage we quoted before John chapter 4, verse 4, says, greater is he that is in you. Well, the in you, the, the one who is in you is Jesus. And what he wants you to do as you are going to journey on into life is that you are going to let him sit on the throne of your heart. Sometimes we think that having Jesus in our life means that we won't have fun. But the truth is, 
you will have a different type of fun, a fun that won't rob you of everything, that won't have you addicted to drugs or to alcohol, that won't have you paying child support for children that you barely know, that won't have you stuck in relationships or, or making bad decisions that causes you to lose your reputation, your character, your wealth, whatever it is you have amassed. Jesus says, let me come into your heart. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says, he stands at the door and knocks asking to come in. Well, the truth is, if you want to be greater than any obstacle you will face outside or within you, it's a daily invitation for Jesus to come in, for Jesus to live in your heart so that when you are facing challenges, whether from without or within, we can declare that promise. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm Omar G. Jarvis. Dare to believe you will see that there is hope where you are. God bless you.